So I took this theory and I wanted to go play it to work, right? Because my goal was to get 15 retirement. So I went on the road. This was before the town hall meetings last time. And you know, I go to Pete, I said, Pete, I need some money to go on the road. He goes, Good luck, spend your own. Alright, so, <laughs> uh, so I fly into Illinois, I do some recruiting. I even forget the garment. I'm in Wisconsin. I'm supposed to be in Iowa. I realize I turn around and come back through. <laughs> I go to North Carolina, and then I'm going to Tennessee. I've been on the road all week, right? And uh, my staff calls and says, you're going to meet with this guy. And uh, he's nervous about meeting with you because he has a big accent. Well, that's great. He's in Tennessee. But he thinks you're crazy because you're from California. Well, that's probably true, too. <laughs> so when I go in there, I'm going after Tanner. Two years ago, no one ran against Tanner. He had 1.3 million in the, in the bank and he was ahead of the Blue Dogs. If we can't challenge Tanner, we can't challenge anybody, right? Well, I go in and I don't know if you've met this guy, but he, 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 I've been talking about him for an entire year. And people make fun of me. But uh, I walk in and I see this young guy, he's 38 years old, beautiful wife, and the campaign manager there. And he goes, Mr. Kevin, I'm Stephen Fancher from Frog Jump, Tennessee. Well, that's great. You know, I don't know where Frog Jump is. <laughs> and I never tell somebody to run, I ask them why they want to run. Because if you don't have the fire in the belly, I don't care if you're the best candidate on paper, you're going to lose in the end. Well, he says, you know, I've looked at this country, I see it changing further than I ever thought it would go. And I don't know how I tell my children I did nothing while it was happening. And he goes, well, Mr. Kevin, I, I don't know if I'm best to run. No one ran against him, but uh, someone should challenge him. He says, I, I've never been elected to anything. Well, that moves you up over everybody else. <laughs> he says, uh, he says uh, I've never even been to Washington. I've never even taken vacation there. I said, well, even my top recruit has it now. <laughs> so I walk out, and I'm thinking, this guy's it. I go back, I tell the conference and everything else. He raises $300,000 in six weeks. I go to the map to find where Frog Jump is, right? And uh, he just keeps going. I, I check in with him all the time. I call him during Thanksgiving. He calls me up the next day. Mr. Kevin, I'm so sorry. I didn't call you yesterday. We, we were farming all day, early in the morning, late night. But I did take lunch off. I went next door and got $20,000 from my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't know he can lose. Right? Well, what happens? Tanner retires. Tanner was the linchpin, right? Created this young gun program to find candidates to go recruit. We usually don't get in primaries, but I tell everybody we're going to get in this primary. Because he started the process to get us to the majority because you had to get the retirement. You know what happened when Tanner got out? Two very wealthy guys got in. One guy wrote himself a $3.5 million check. He helped invent the ultrasound. He has TV stations, radio stations. Another guy got in, wrote himself a $2 million check, and lo and behold, unbeknownst to him, his brother wrote a $2 million check to an IE to help him. Family, talk, I guess. <laughs> it is the most expensive primary this year. And you know what happened at the end of the primary? And I had all the elite media here bet me that your Stephen Fincher from Frog Jump, Tennessee is going to lose. Stephen Fincher from Frog Jump, Tennessee beat those two millionaires two to one in the primary. Two to one. Then we went to Gordon's seat. This is the Al Gore seat. Gordon won with 74% of the vote two years ago. You know what? He retired and the Dems aren't even playing there. Snyder won with 77% of the vote two years ago. If I ever get 77, I probably not go home for a while, be okay. Retired. Then the ultimate race where I felt was going to be the national campaign was Obi. Obi got here in 1969 before we landed <coughs> before Woodstock, right? Sean Duffy, Sean Duffy was born in 71. His claim to fame at first was he's on MTV Real World. He's four-term district attorney. This is northern tip of Wisconsin, but you know what? He's four-time world champion lumberjacks. 
might not mean anything to you, but it's a god in northern Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> no one gave us the time of day. I'm sitting down in the Wall Street Journal. I'm going through all the young guns. Kim Strauss will write the story about He starts building start building up. Even the New York Times finds the story. And what did Obi do? Obi retired. Now let me ask you this. The rule of thumb around here, you at least become chairman for six years, right? At least. Normally when you get to the sixth year, you, you agree to it when you're lower in the committee because you want to be able to become the chairman. Then when you become the chairman, you say, my work's really not done. I just need two more. You know, I actually get a waiver. Obi became chairman when Bush was still in. He gets his next term and Obama's in. He really can't do what he wants. The next term is really his term. For him to retire, he knew he was going to lose. That is what we're up against, and that's why it's so different. And I will tell you, just as we put everything else, you know why Loretta Sanchez has Van Tran running against her? Because you know Loretta Sanchez district is the third highest Vietnamese-born district in the country, the first being Zoe Lofgren, the second being Dana Robacher. Look put the census down. You know where Van Tran was born? Vietnam. You know where Van Tran left Vietnam? Ten days before it collapsed in the back of an American transport plane. He lived the American dream. You know where little Saigon is? In Loretta Sanchez district. You know what Loretta Sanchez did last week? She went on Spanish-speaking TV saying the Vietnamese are trying to take our seat. She didn't know what hit her. This is a uniqueness. We couldn't win beat her with a white male out there. Eight districts in California, Republicans hold that Obama carried. So we hit 15, we got to 18. That's when the majority came in play. Don't think these candidates that just came. It's systematically of where we went and why we went where we did. And we broadened the playing field. Now, there are a few candidates, uh, incumbents, that I thought would retire. Uh, but they did. I'm on pressure. Pomeroy, now he's going to get retired in November. Uh, Spratt, he's probably going to get retired too. Mullen, he got lost in the primary. Boyd, he's not coming back either. Those are individuals that I knew they're upside down. They don't realize it. They believe the hype. Um, that's what's fundamental different. Now, the difference between now and 94, we're not sneaking up on the Democrats, and they have the money advantage. Now, I'll tell you, they play the money advantage so poorly right now than ever before. If you want to play the money advantage, you watch John McCain in the primary. You start early, and you never let up, and you demonize your opponent that they're better, worse than you, and you don't let them come up. They went out and did their buys for October. Well, their candidates aren't going to survive. Look, look what they bought in Markey's district, 1.2 million. She's still at 38. They're going to give up on her. They've already have. So what happens is they're giving up on their first term, they're going to the second term. Their whole campaign plan is 218 plus 5, just to thin this line. Well, they've been up on the air for like a month. You know what's happening? Their numbers aren't moving. People aren't buying this. Now, the other negative we have on us, our unfavorables are higher than theirs. So, how do you raise unfavorables without changing our name? Freddie's telling me i got to go. I'll end up with this. They said we're the party of no, so we have to be for something. We went out, talked to the American people, looked out. What do they want done right now? Don't mistake the pledge for what a contract is. A pledge is a governing agenda that can be done now, not a campaign item. If they don't do it now, we'll take it up in the campaign. And what do we talk about? The only things that the public is talking about. We're talking about jobs, spending, and reforming this institution. And the most unique thing about this is the president attacked it. The only thing why the contract worked is once Clinton attacked it. And you know, when the contract, when they went to vote, only 17% of the public knew about the contract. It's really the governing agenda afterwards. But our pledge, you can go to pledge.gop.gov, you can download your own. You'll find what people say they want to check it off. And if any of you have ever listened to our preamble, put it out there, put it on your face. Because to me, it has the most powerful first line of anything I've ever read. America is more than a country. America is an idea. 
If that doesn't instill low cross lines, I don't know what is. The preamble tells us really where our hearts are and where we're going to go. The plan tells us what we're going to do. It may seem pretty simple, but they're exactly what we can do. We keep the promise. Um, I'll leave you with this. Um, I was with Corey Gardner this week, and he was a, he's a candidate. And he goes, I got the pledge, and I was in the back of a cab, and I was playing it. The cab driver turned to me and said, who's that talking? I want to support that person. And you reach a cab driver at a different level. If you watch the Chicago Sun-Times, Obama's paper, it had a cartoon in it yesterday. It had a donkey and an elephant. And under the elephant, it said, Pledge to America. And then a sign said, I'll lower your taxes and make government smaller. The Democrat sign under the donkey, it said, at this point, I'll say anything I can to try to keep my job. <laughs> I got to go vote. I wish you the best.